0: This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. Vince McMahon, old Vinnie Mac, is coming back. Is the WWE going up for sale? Cash Wheeler almost quits professional wrestling. And I go on an epic rant about Mercedes Monet. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the... Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. I am back, and boy, does it feel good to be back. I missed you guys. I missed this show. I almost jumped in last week. Dax debuted his new podcast, talked about my boy CM Punk. I was ready to go get to it, but I said no. I said I was going to take a vacation for Christmas and New Year's. I was going to take it off. Take it off. Enjoy it. Relax. Come back invigorated. And that's exactly where we're at right here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to dive into it. Not a lot of news to talk about, right? Nothing big happened this week. Nothing crazy, nothing too exciting. Vince McMahon didn't come back and take over the whole company, did he? Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. How how was your Christmas break? How did you how did you enjoy your holiday vacation? Did you uh, get lots of good presents, eat lots of food? I ate lots of good food. I got fat as fuck. I am on a New Year's diet. New year, new me, all of that. I shave the beard down a little bit, shave the top of the head, it'll grow back. Kind of do a thing where I I, I shave it when I get sick of it, and then I grow it out till I can't stand it no more, and then I shave it again, and that's kind of my routine. But I think I'm going to go with the shorter beard. I don't know. We'll play it by ear, but enough about that shit. We got more time at the end to talk personal stuff. Let's go ahead and dive right into our first topic here today. Vince McMahon's hostile takeover of the WWE has begun. We thought Vince had gone off to the retirement home. He was sitting in his recliner knitting, watching some Monday Night Football maybe a little bit of monday night raw bitching about johnny gargano on his tv and austin theory getting the name austin back and all of this stuff i'm sure vince is just having an aneurysm but what else have we spotted out to dinner with some bitch that he's probably gonna get a fucking an accusation from in a couple of months all of this to say we thought vince was gone But Vince McMahon does the most Vince McMahonian thing that he's ever done in his life. And he has come back and hostily taken over the WWE. I could sit here and give you the details myself, but my man John Alba put together a much better, he explains it much better than I would. And I'm going to direct you to the Strictly Business podcast. He did a little bonus edition podcast with Eric Bischoff where they talked about this in depth. And uh, I will do that as well. But just to kind of give you the gist of what's going on, check out this clip from John Alba on the Strictly Business podcast with Eric Bischoff. And then we'll catch you on the back end. And I'm going to give you my thoughts.
1: And on December 20th, Vince McMahon sent a letter to the WWE board of directors indicating that he wanted to come back as executive chairman of the board. Keep in mind, he retired this past summer as these allegations into improper spending of company funds into hush payments with different women uh, forced him into retirement. And in this letter, uh, he says, quote, now that the completion of the special committee investigation has been publicly disclosed, I believe WWE has a unique opportunity during this critical juncture to maximize value for its shareholders and other stakeholders. And what he's referring to by that is with the upcoming media rights deals expiring and potentially a sale looming, he believes he should be in charge. And he says, quote, moreover, any party that engages in strategic discussions with WWE will want to be assured that I, as controlling shareholder, am aligned with the decision making process. Uh, he goes on to state that Stephanie, Nick, Paul—being Stephanie McMahon, Nick Con, and Paul Levesque—and the rest of the management team have my full and unconditional support. And as executive chairman, I would support them to facilitate unified, efficient, and effective decision making during this important period in the company's history. So,
0: that was a fantastic episode, by the way. It just came out uh, Friday. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it or heard it to go check that out. It's real fun hearing Bischoff talk about the business side of wrestling. And that's why that podcast is a hit. So uh, as far as Vince McMahon goes, my God, this fucking guy. So he lets it be known. He's probably that's probably what he was doing the whole time. He was probably away plotting his comeback right he wasn't gonna go away quietly this is vince mcmahon we're talking about you're not gonna take this dog out to the pasture and fucking shoot it behind the house vince mcmahon is vince mcmahon he's not some old out of i mean he is old and out of touch and whatever but he's vince mcmahon old and out of touch this guy is a fighter to the very end and we all should have just known that Vince was not going to go away quietly. It's been said by some people, but I you know, I think we all kind of hoped that this was just a new era, new uh you know, a fresh start. Vince was gone, out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> Vince is like, "Fuck that. God damn it. If I'm if it's going to be killed, I'm going to kill it myself. I'm going to inject it with a lethal dose of poison." i'm gonna inject it with it's not there i didn't write nwo on it. but you get the point vince mcmahon taking he spent his time away probably talking with his lawyers talking with smart legal beagle people I'm trying to get myself centered back now that i turned around plotting his takeover of WWE. He is the majority shareholder of the B stock. And this was pointed out on a number of podcasts. I am certainly not smart and this is not coming from my own brain. Um, But there's the Class A stock and the Class B stock. And when the company was founded or when it went public, the Class B stock was reserved for the McMahon family proper only. Stephanie had it, Shane had it, Vince had it, and Linda had it. That's it. I don't even think Kevin Dunn or anybody like that had any. Uh, He had a bunch of the Class A stock, which was reserved for... Uh, The public shareholders, and the Class A stock has very little to none voting power, basically, and the Class B stock has all the power, and that's why it was reserved for the McMahons. Shane sold out of his, I believe Stephanie and Linda and Vince obviously still own all of theirs. And everything else is just out there floating around on the public market. Vince is the controlling shareholder of this company by a wide margin. He's the boss. Nothing can get done without his say-so. So So this motherfucker found a loophole. Let's back up a little bit. So he sent a letter of intent saying, hey, I would like to come back. To oversee these media rights deals as those are coming up, and if a possible sale. Now, we'll address the sale in a different clip because I want to go more in depth on that, uh, more on like the suitor's side and what that could look like. And, you know, I'll, I'll do more of a deep dive on the sale itself. So, here in this clip, we're just going to kind of casually refer to a sale. Uh, but Vince floated out the idea of a sale, which could be strategical, it could be to Stir up buzz, and it certainly pumped the stock. Which you know, anytime there's a, there's any kind of hint of any kind of uh, sale going on, stock markets are going to react to that, right? So WWE has gone up in the stocks. Vince wants to come back and oversee the new TV deal that's going to be done, and he has he said he has no intention of pushing in on the management. You know, he, he has full faith in them. So, uh, at least he has no intention to. And Bischoff was smart to point out that that was smart wording. (laughs) That uh, Vince, of course, uh, can change his mind on that. And we all know Vince never changes his mind though, right? So, nothing to worry about there. (laughs) So, uh, apparently, at the very least, he doesn't want to come back and, and run the company. You know, as far as creative and stuff. He wants to come back... And oversee the new business deal for the TV deal, and maybe if it's up for sale. Now, again, we'll address that later, but that could mean either there's there are talks of selling this at this point. That could mean Vince just wants to sell it because he was pushed out. So if you're going to, I'm going to kill it myself, you know? If anybody's going to, you know, if he can't, if it's not his anymore, he's not going to go out getting pushed out. He's going to go out making the deal of the century, right? We'll talk about that more. Um, Or, you know, he's just trying to pump up stocks or whatever the case may be, create a little buzz. Uh, This could very well just be for the next TV deal, which negotiations are going to start soon. And Vince feels, or at least he's stated in his thing, that... Uh, I, I do believe that people are going to want the 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 majority shareholder to be on board with such a deal, and I will not, you know, be on board if I if I'm not welcome back here. Uh, he didn't say that initially. The board he sent his intention to return very nicely, and the board kind of replied, and they unanimously agreed to say "fuck you." We don't think you should come back. There's still pending allegations. There's stuff that the public doesn't even know about yet. And uh, I don't know uh, if it was um, Bischoff or Alba or maybe it was somebody else that was talking about it. Uh, But there was also rumor that that could have been strategically thrown out there, that maybe there isn't any other like mystery thing that nobody knows about. And that it's just something to kind of keep Vince away But uh, they basically said, fuck you. We don't want you back. It's not a good idea. It's not good for the company. It's it's, it's all bad news. And it is. It's not good. Well, obviously, the stock got pumped up over all this. But that's more, I think, because of the sale, not because Vince is coming back. People don't like Vince. He's got a bad reputation. Uh, People got sour taste in their mouth about Vince right now. And his scandals aren't done. They're ongoing. This is a continuing issue. This isn't something... You know, it's not like uh, when Flair pulled his dick out on the plane on the dark side of the ring and he was, you know, blacklisted for like a year. Uh, you know, he's back now. You know, you, It takes about a year for exposing your dick and putting, making people touch it. It takes about a year for that kind of stuff to go away, you know. So uh, it hasn't been a year yet for Vince. He's got to wait his year and then he's okay with being a pervert, you know. That's traditionally how it goes in the wrestling business. So he has not yet been accepted back into the fold. Well, he replied with a letter saying, well, okay, then, we'll fuck you. Uh, I'm just going to put my balls on the table then, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to approve any fucking thing that you guys try to do then unless I'm back on the board. <laughs> so he's like, all right, well, I mean, if you don't want me back, that's fine, but uh, as the majority shareholder, I will not support any." TV media rights deals, uh, sales, anything, anything you guys try to do, it's uh, I'm gonna shit on it, and I'm gonna deny it, and I'm gonna decline it, and it's not gonna go through, and fuck you. He's holding the company hostage. He's he's. It's brilliant. It's the most Vince McMahon thing ever. He's a fucking genius. He's a genius. And Eric Bischoff was smart to point out, too, that the Class A and Class B thing uh, is something that not a lot of companies do. Uh, You know, he, he pointed out Ted Turner. Uh, was pushed out of his own company when he went public. You know, he didn't do the class A, class B gimmick, and he was eventually pushed out of his own company. Remember, uh, if you've watched any of the fucking seventy Steve Jobs movies that existed around the time that he died, uh, Steve Jobs was pushed out of Apple. Now, eventually, he was welcomed back with open arms, um, but there was a time there in the nineties where Steve Jobs was pushed right out of the company and the, you know, so it's not uncommon for people to found a company, build it to success, take it public, and then be pushed out by a bunch of fucking suits. And Vince was not going to let that happen. So Vince was smart in how he structured his deal. He retained all control. There's not a single soul on the planet that can hold him back. Now, uh, apparently Vince can just remove people from the board uh, because he decided, okay, I'm, I, and I am appointing myself to the board. I guess he doesn't need the board's approval. They all unanimously declined his invitation, his request to come back, and he just said, all right, well, fuck you. You're gone, you're gone, and you're gone, and now I'm going to come back and fill that seat, and I'm going to bring back George Berrios, and uh whatever the 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 other chick's name is I don't remember at the uh, uh top off the top of my head um but he's bringing back and those were two people that he fired at the time uh he fired Vince fired uh Michelle Wilson, is that who it is? Was that her name? And George Berrios. He fired both of them because they did not support the deal to take the WWE Network and give it to Peacock. They wanted it to keep it in-house. Um I, uh, I don't know. They might have been right on that. I kinda liked the WWE network better than I like Peacock. I think that's pretty, you know, unanimous amongst wrestling fans that we like it that way. Though how are you enjoying season fourteen, episode one of Survivor series? Did you see that? Or season thirty eight or whatever the fuck they're on. I don't know. Um <laughs> the way that they list them up in the thing, it's like you you don't get you it's don't it's stupid makes it harder to find shit it sucks um but anyway so he's bringing them back anyway cuz uh, apparently he you know they worked with him well otherwise they didn't stand behind him on that deal so they were gone um but maybe you know they're loyal to him and more sympathetic to his interests you know and so he's uh kicked three people out of their spots fired them off the board took their spots And then two other board members quit. Um, One of them was the person leading the charge on the investigation in Vince McMahon. So who knows where that's going to go now. Um, Now, I had a list of the board members, and they all look pretty friendly. You know, Triple H is on there, Stephanie's on there. Now we got Berrios, Nick Khan's on there. It's 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 an interesting situation that's going on, and you gotta wonder where like a Nick Khan and a Stephanie McMahon, and a Triple H, where they stand. Are they against Vince McMahon? It seems like it, because the board unanimously said, Fuck you. Vince fired three of those people. He didn't fire Triple H. Or, well, he can't. And then he, Those people have other jobs. In the, I guess he could remove them from the board still. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not a corporate fucking expert. But he removed those three so that he could bring himself, Berrios, and Wilson back. Uh... So it seems like there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a clash going on and a little bit of a fight over the company. And this is this is fantastic. This kind of, this kind of stuff gets my dick hard. It really does. Just just watching this play out in real time, this hostile takeover by Vince McMahon. He's just pushed himself back onto the board and he is officially back. He's there and now he's going to sit on the board of directors and he's. Also pushing for the chairman position. Now, I do believe that the board has to appoint him. They have to approve it. And, you know, we still have some possible opposition on the board right now that might say no. Uh, Stephanie's the chairman right now. Is is she not? Uh, or is her and Nick, are they co-chairs? I know they're co-CEOs, but who's the chairman of the board over there? Um, I believe it's Stephanie. I don't know. Could be wrong. Let me know in the comments. Yell at me. Tell me I'm stupid. I don't care. i blanking on it right now. This is so fascinating. This is the most Vince McMahon thing I've ever seen. He's just going to fight to the bitter end. He's not going to give in. He's not going to give up. He's not going to go away quietly. He's going to take his company, and he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants with it. Whatever happens with the WWE, it's going to be because of Vince McMahon and he's not going to let anything else get in his way. And he it, this is absolutely a hostile takeover of his own company. He could move to take this private again if he wants to. There's a lot of things he could be doing. And I know this has a lot of people scared in the industry again. Now everybody's in WWE's all worried again. Remember everybody hated WWE and they wanted to go to AEW and AEW was the big happy place, right? All of a sudden Vince leaves and Triple H is in charge and all these whiny bitches in AEW want to go back to WWE. Now. Eh, I want to go back to Pop H now. Uh, Vince is gone and I didn't like Vince but I like Triple H so now I want to leave. They're not loyal to Tony-, Tony Khan or AEW. They didn't care about that shit. They just wanted to get away from Vince. Well fuck you! Fuck you. Pick a side and stick with it. You know, if you want to be in WWE, stick with WWE and everything that comes with it. If you want to be in AEW, stick with AEW and everything that comes with that. Don't fucking play fucking, you know, don't be a fairweather fan. Don't play both sides and, and you know, try to hop on over to whatever one feels most comfortable at the time. Uh, you know, I get I get it. You know, you want to work for where you're going to be happiest, but all these people that wanted to go back to WWE and don't now, or did go back to WWE and maybe regret it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You know what I mean? All of you, Malachi Black, Miro and his fucking flexible hot wife, all of these people, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Pick a side and go with it. But. This is making a lot of people nervous. Tony Khan had a fun little tweet that, of course, people are giving him shit about. Saying, hey, everybody's being really nice to me all of a sudden today around the office in the last 24 hours. Maybe it's some late Christmas cheer. Uh, That's funny. Come on. Why are people giving him? People just like to give Tony shit. Fuck you guys. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. It's a funny joke. And I bet I bet people are being extra nice to Tony. I bet those extra vocal people that wanted to leave maybe aren't as vocal anymore. Aren't going to be all of a sudden. They're going to be a little bit more apprehensive about, you know, they're going to take a wait-and-see approach, you know. The dust has not settled yet. Vince has not gone away quietly. Now, is he going to come back and take over creative? That's the big thing. Are we going to go back to a bunch of bullshit? <sighs> It's possible. It's possible. Vince could, at any point in time, decide that he wants to inject himself back into the creative. You know, he wants to come back. He wants to be the chairman. He wants to oversee any kind of major deals or anything. And and what's that going to look like? That means he's just going to take it and tell everybody else what to do. You know, he's going to be the boss of it. Well, what if overseeing a deal also has to do with... Oh, I don't know, making a bunch of cuts like happened when Nick Khan took over uh, or, you know, joined up with Vince, became his right hand man. Maybe they cut, They got to make a bunch of cuts to make the make the, you know, the, the balance sheet look good. Right. Like that was the whole rumor when they made all those massive cuts over at WWE is they were trying to get it ready for a sale. They were prepping for sale. If that's the case, and they want to make the balance sheets look good, maybe they will go back in and start chopping some of these fuckers again. And what are they going to do? They're going to go beg to fucking be an AEW again? Fuck you! Fuck you! Go wrestle in Impact. Fuck you! I'd be I'd be better if I was Tony Khan at some of those people. You're not gonna. I mean, I guess you got to look at it differently, right? You got to take the Vince McMahon approach of you know, if you can make me money and it's good for business, then it's good for business. But I you know, I'd be like, fuck you guys. you Fairweather fans, you don't actually want to be here, you just don't want to be there. You don't want to be here, you just don't want to be there. And there's no better TV options, right? You know, if you still want to be a wrestler on TV and make potentially make millions of dollars, it's going to be in AEW or WWE, and that's it. And so those are your only options. Um It it could go into chaos if Vince starts going in. Or maybe he sees, you know, I want to change TV around a little bit. I want to get the ratings up. Or, you know, he could get a hair up his ass at any point in time thinking that it would benefit a potential sale or TV deal to whip the creative into shape. So I would not doubt it. I would not put it past him. But I would... uh, I don't think that's his main goal at this point. So we'll see. I think he just wants to, uh, I think he really wants to be part of any major media rights deals that are going to be happening in the near future. And again, he might know of something that we don't know. He might be looking to sell it. There might already be talks to sell it. The WWE might have already been working on selling it. (coughs) Vince got wind of this. Being a shareholder and was like, no, I'm going to come back in if you're going to do that and I'm going to oversee it. Or maybe it was just a ploy to boost the stocks up and and to kind of rally the troops to get him back on board. And, uh, it's really just to oversee the next meteorites deal. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe this is just his angle to slip back in. Maybe he doesn't even care about, oh, I just want to, want to make sure that I oversee the meteorites. Cause I think whoever is interested in what is going to want the majority shareholder to be on board. That could just all be a bunch of bullshit. And that could just be his, ha ha. I'm back in my foot's in the door. Fuck you guys. Um, it could be. Who knows? But Vince is back. He's officially back. He has appointed himself back to the board. So this is not up for debate at this point. This is not a... They They can vote him out still or whatever. He's not the chairman yet. So he's not in control with an iron fist. But he basically is. I mean, if he can just fire people off of the board and replace them at all willy-nilly. And there's two open spots. So... Who's to say Vince doesn't fill those spots with some sympathetic people? You know what I mean? Maybe a Bruce Pritchard lands himself on the board. Why not? He's been there long enough. I would love to see Bruce on the board, but you know he'd be sympathetic to Vince, not Hunter. Um that's probably what Vince is going to do. He's going to fill those two spots where the two people quit, and those are anti-Vince people, obviously, because they quit, and one of them was investigating Vince. So clearly they weren't going to go along with anything Vince wanted. Um, But now if he can fill, if he is allowed to fill these spots, which he clearly is, he's going to fill them with people that are going to be in his favor so that when he looks to... Put pressure on the board to elect him the chairman. Well, Stephanie and Nick Khan and Triple H are going to be maybe the only three people that could deny him. That would push back against that. Uh, It was a unanimous decision from the board to not welcome him back. And he came back anyway. So if it was unanimous, that means Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H all voted to not let Vince come back. So there's some hostile shit going on there. I don't think Vince is going to kick them out, but are they going to be on board with voting him in as chairman? Are they going to be on board with having him back? and letting, are they, Or are they going to fight him tooth and claw to push him out of the way as much as they can and keep him as just a board member? But clearly he owns so much of the company that he can damn near do what he wants, so... It's going to be interesting to see, and this is going to be an ongoing story. Of course, scandals are going to continue to come out. I have no doubt about that. But this is going to be a fun one to follow. I'm going to leave it there because I know this has been long-winded and I got other stuff I want to get to. It's probably going to be a long show if you're watching the full podcast. Um, but do check out the next clip because now I'm going to dive into more of the sale aspect of this. I'm kind of excited to talk about this, too, because this is the kind of stuff that gets my dick hard. No blue chew necessary. Just give me some juicy business shit that I can sink my teeth into. Uh, I think it's fun. I don't know. I read the Hollywood dirt sheets, too. You know, I like the insider stuff on this kind of thing. So, uh, all that said, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. Is the WWE going up for sale? That's the big rumor coming out of this whole Vince McMahon situation, pushing his way back onto the board of directors. In his letter of intent, he said he wants to oversee any major media rights deal or sale. And that got the stocks all pumped and everybody got all excited about a potential sale. And that, you know, the stock price shot way up. And uh, this very well could be something that we see happening this year in 2023. Will Vince McMahon take WWE and just sell it? Say, fuck you guys. You pushed me out of my company. I'm not going to just go retire and let my kids and his fucking doofus son-in-law run the company. My doofus son-in-law run the company. I'm going to just sell the bitch. Fuck you guys. And I'm going to make the biggest deal in, in WWE history. And then I'll go retire. You know, having come full circle. Taking it. Built it into this multi-billion dollar thing and then sold it before I go fucking right off into the sunset, right? Vince is a stubborn old man, and that could be exactly what he's looking to do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and dive into this a little bit further from a few different angles, but before I do, go ahead and check out this clip here that I pulled from the Jim Cornette experience, and this was a little bonus clip that they put out as well. Talking about the possibility of WWE getting sold. Here's what he thought. Check out this clip.
2: He just, he could just do this apparently all along. So I don't know actually now why it took him this long, but I'll tell you, we're, we're going to analyze what's going on here, folks. But the motivation comes down to one of two things. Either they have been intending To sell the company this year along with the media rights and and he's a nobody gonna do that except me or he has decided now as Vince often does when he gets an idea in his head that this is the right thing to do that they're going to explore sales and the media rights at the same time and ain't nobody gonna do that but him but one way or another When somebody hands some other motherfucker a check for $5 billion, that other motherfucker receiving it is going to be Vince McMahon.
0: I agree with Jim Cornette. Vince isn't there to oversee a media rights deal or to take over creative. He's there to sell the bitch. Now, he could be there just to oversee a media rights deal. You know, him saying that, you know, I would think, you know, whoever does the next media rights deal is going to want the majority shareholder to be on board with that. Perhaps. um, But do you think he's really going to push his way back in just to do a new TV deal and then just fucking ride back off into the sunset no he's there to sell the company whether he has somebody already ready to buy it or whether he's just thinking that he wants to put it up for sale or maybe he caught wind that nick and stephanie were already plotting to sell wwe and that vince just if anybody's gonna do it i'm gonna do it god damn it Uh, any one of those things could be the case, but I don't think Vince is going to do a hostile takeover of his own company. Uh, he's, if he's going to do a hostile takeover of the company, let me put it this way to just be back, he's going to take back over everything. He's going to get back into the creative end of it. He's going to. Oversee the day to day business of it, he's going to be a thorn in everybody's side, and he might remove staff and Nick Khan or one of the two, or who knows. Um, but I think he's there to sell the company, he's come back. He got pushed out of his company by his own kids. Granted, there were scandals. There were absolutely reasons to remove Vince from the company and still are. He shouldn't even be there now. It's a bad look for WWE. Um, But the stock got pumped because of the sale. I think Vince, Vince is there to sell the bitch. Now, who could he sell it to? and why. Okay, so let's cover the why first. Vince wants to sell it because if he's going to get pushed out of his company, he's not that's not how a Vince McMahon goes out. This is the most Vince McMahonian move of all time. I said it in the other clip where he came back. This is Vince being Vince. <laughs> You know, he's not going to get pushed out and ride off into the sunset and go fucking knit a a fucking blanket at the retirement home. Vince McMahon, if he can't be a part of it, he's going to sell it. He's not going to let his kids run it and then fucking any big major moves or deals that get made with the company not happen on his watch during his lifetime. Vince Probably feels at this point that if he's not going to be running it day to day, then he's going to do the next best thing. And that's going to be sell it so that he can end his story on his terms. This is the end of his story arc. He started this fucking company from a bullshit territory. I shouldn't say a bullshit territory. It was probably the biggest territory, but it was a territory. Nonetheless, the WWF was a territory and even after they left the nwa they were still just new york and and vince came in and he brought it global he made the wwe a multi-billion dollar company he did so how is his story going to end is it going to be oh i fucked a bunch of chicks possibly raped a couple maybe Uh, and, and now I'm going to have to go fucking hide my head in the sand and retire. Or is it going to be, I built this billion dollar company out of a small territory and now I'm going to sell it for multi billions of dollars and I'm going to go down as one of the fucking biggest giant businessmen with one of the biggest giant meteorites deals of all time. And that could very well be the case. And that's what I would do if I was Vince. I wouldn't be coming back in to oversee the next TV deal. I don't care about that. I mean, I do. I want to get a bigger, obviously, as a stockholder, as the majority shareholder, and just, you know, caring about the TV in general, you want the biggest meteorites deal. But that's not why I want to push my way back into the company. I want to push my way back into the company to either run it again or to sell it. That's it. Only two things. And he has said that it is not his intention at this time to get involved with the day to day stuff that he wants to just strictly be there to oversee media rights deals, including a possible sale. Um, Who could buy the bitch? Disney's been floated out there quite a bit. Disney owns Star Wars. They own Marvel. They own Pixar. They are in the business of buying up media rights. They buy a lot of big properties. WWE is a big property with a huge library. It's a well-known, it's a household brand. Certainly, Disney could be one of the people making the moves to do that, especially with the network. Look, any of these companies that I'm going to mention that we could talk about here, the nature of the business right now in Hollywood is media rights deals. It's these streaming services. Companies are collecting They're collecting uh, properties right now so that they can have the best streaming site out on the on the internet, right? Uh, All these companies are uh, competing with Netflix now. Netflix could be a suitor for the WWE. Every single per every single one of these media companies that have a giant streaming service that they're trying to build are in the media rights acquisitions, properties acquisitions mode right now. That's all they're doing. They're buying shit up so that they have content to put out on their fucking platform. That's it. So Disney could be a suitor for Disney+. Plus. I don't know that WWE would be a good fit over there, though. I know Disney's been ban- bantered about pretty frequently, and I've even talked about that myself, and they're certainly in the mode of collecting properties, but does WWE fit in with the portfolio that they have necessarily? I don't think so, at least not at this time. Um, NBC Universal, they already have billions of dollars invested into the WWE from having them on USA for Raw and for NXT to having them on the peacock network the WWE network like they're paying billions of dollars for all of this content if you're already that invested in into WWE why not just buy it for billions of dollars So, you know over the course of 10 years you're gonna pay more than the five billion that's speculated that they're worth it could be more than that at this point but over the course of 10 years you're gonna spend like 10 you know 10 billion dollars you're gonna spend a lot of fucking money You know, uh, maybe not 10, but I, I don't know off the top of my head. But I know it's a billion dollar deal, I think, over multi years. But regardless, if they're invested that heavily into WWE already, they already know the product. They have a long, rich history of having the product on their TV. Just buy it, own it, hold it, keep it. You're trying to build up your your peacock platform, you know. You want to be in the game with streaming. You already got the WWE there. Just own it, and then that way you can monetize it any way you want, and you don't have to worry about having to do re- renewals and new negotiations and all of that. It's just yours. Uh, this could also go to uh, discovery time warner they're uh in the process of restructuring their company and and they're going to be building and relaunching a new platform i know they own hbo max currently and i think discovery has its own thing but they're gonna they're gonna merge everything and they're gonna have a a giant streaming platform as well and uh they already have aew on their content but could you know Could they be interested in acquiring a WWE for their new platform? Possible. Their new owner has said that he's there for uh, fandoms. He wants fandoms and that kind of thing. He likes uh, non-scripted television, even though WWE is heavily scripted, but it's not... A TV show, I guess. You know, it's more of a reality show, that kind of thing. And that's one of their priorities. And that's why I always said AEW is going to be just fine on there. Uh, But if WWE comes up for sale, they're bigger than AEW and might be a better acquisition. And also there's rumors that Warner is, David Zaslav, the guy that took over Warner, is really there just to groom Warner Media and kind of rebundle it and package it for a sale. Um, so maybe acquiring a WWE would help, uh, facilitate that kind of sale to somebody else in the future for the whole entire brand. You know, they own DC, they own the Harry Potter, they own a, a lot of these different intellectual properties, these different media rights, um, the same as Disney does. So they're certainly in the game. There could be oddball outside investors. You know the Saudis have been kicked around. The Saudis own a piece of Twitter. There, you know, even though Elon Musk bought it, he didn't buy it with all of his own money. He has investors, and uh, the Saudis were already deeply invested in Twitter before he bought it. He just kept them on board. Saudis have their dirty little hands in a lot of things around here, um, and certainly we know they love their WWE, don't they? They bring them over all the time for. There, you know, a couple times a year for Crown Jewel and whatnot, the greatest Royal Rumble, the greatest King of the Ring, the greatest WrestleMania, 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 all that stuff that they bring over there. Um, The Saudis could be in; they could just uh, certainly they could afford it, a couple billion. You know what I mean? Buy it, own it, run it. Maybe not run it, but you get the point. Uh, maybe Tony Khan, maybe the Khan family, right? Papa Khan, Tony Khan, they're already invested in the wrestling business. They got billions of dollars to throw around. Even if not out of their own pocket, they could put together a deal like Musk did, where they get a couple other investors around and they could certainly merge AEW and WWE. It's not unheard of. WCW went up for sale and it was brought into the fold of WWE. Certainly... It is a possibility that the Khan family could acquire WWE and bring it into the fold of AEW. Now, if they were to do that, they would be pretty goddamn stupid to, uh, you know, disband WWE like WWE did with WCW. Uh, they would be better off, you know, taking over WWE and then disbanding AEW or maybe make AEW one show wwe another however you want to do it they certainly have the money and they're certainly invested in professional wrestling i wouldn't count them out as a possible suitor for this but i also don't think it's going to end up there likely i think the top buyer for this is going to be nbc universal i think they're going to be first in line they already are invested in this company and they're already familiar with the company they have a long-term history with the company uh, it'll probably be really easy to just uh, put that deal together and say, you know what, here you go. Or it could just be an outside investment group, you know. Uh, Black Rock owns a lot of, Black Rock owns everything. BlackRock is, if you ever hear that name, they're a shady fucking investment group, and they own everything, everything. I didn't even know they had a piece of WWE, but apparently they own like, of WWE you know what I mean so it could be an outside investment group like them or you know some sort of investment group that puts together you know several investors and just kind of holds it like Anthem for example bought Impact they're just like in a you know an investment group in a business that acquires different properties like that and that could certainly be the case too Any way you slice it, whoever ends up taking it, I think at this point, it's got to be pretty obvious that Vince McMahon is coming back in to sell the company. Like I said, he's not coming in to just get them a new TV deal. I think that's weird. Um, Now, it could be. I don't know. But just kind of just thinking things through logically. If you're Vince McMahon, are you going to do a hostile takeover? Push your way back into the board to just negotiate the next TV deal when Nick Khan is perfectly capable of handling this himself. Nick Khan was the guy that handled the fucking the DV the the TV deal last time and he was the guy that negotiated getting them on Peacock, you know, selling the WWE network essentially to Peacock. Um he he's already highly capable of doing it. In fact, Vince leaned on him to do all those deals. So why wouldn't, you know, Steph just lean on him to continue? You know, Nick already has those. Uh, he's already out there. He was already doing deals and representing talent, and he's already well known in the industry outside of WWE. He's the guy to put this deal together. So they don't need Vince to do a TV deal. And I don't think Vince is so stubborn. He's stubborn, but I don't think maybe stubborn is not the right word. I don't think he's so stupid to think that he is needed to do a TV deal and nor would he just come back on the board to do a TV deal. He could, but that seems a little silly, uh, a little pointless. Um, If I was ousted and I was bitter about it and I was salty and I wanted to plot my way back, I would either A, want to do a hostile takeover to put myself back in charge and just take back over business as usual, completely creative, all of it, or... I want to come back and say, fuck all of you. I'm going to sell it. Deuces, right? That's what I would do. And I think if you think it through, that's probably how you would handle it too. You wouldn't push your way back in just to do a TV deal. Because then the TV deal is going to be for three or five years or whatever. And what's Vince going to do? He's going to twiddle his thumbs on the board and just fucking vote on stuff? No. He's going to try to push his way into the creative somehow. Uh, but he, you know, he said that that's not his intent, uh, you know, and Vince, of course we know never changes his mind. So that's obviously he's going to stick to his word there, but he just, yeah, think it through, he's going to sell this bitch. And, uh, at this point it's either, it's just his game plan to try to sell it or he's already put together a deal with somebody or has interest from somebody Or there were already talks to try to sell it and Vince is just going to push his way into Spearhead said sale. Whatever the case may be, I think we are now more than ever likely to see a sale of WWE. And this is crazy. This will be the biggest wrestling story of our lifetime it might be uh vince stepping down certainly has been so far but he didn't step down now he's back in and he is back in he's not wanting to come back in he's on the board now again so uh he's just gonna he's just gonna be vince mcmahon he's gonna bully his way back into a position of power he's going to structure and package the company in such a way which could affect the creative by the way Um, Because you remember the last time WWE was possibly all the big rumors that it was up for sale was when Nick Khan came in and they were cutting all these people off the roster, which was supposedly to get the balance sheet looking good and that kind of thing. They had a slim to none roster. He could he could get a hair up his ass and decide that he needs to oversee creative. In order to uh, kind of overhaul it and prepare it for sale. And, and in that Jim Cornette podcast, Brian Last, uh, the great Brian Last had, uh, you know, a theory, too, that uh, they could possibly just hot shot the company and, you know, hot shot creative to pump ratings and everything until it's up for sale, too, until they sell it, and then, well, now it's your problem, <laughs> you know? Uh, any number of things could happen, but I, I, if I was a betting man, I would say that this is going to be sold. But what are your thoughts? I've ranted on this long enough and the whole Vince McMahon thing in general. Do you think it's up for sale? Do you think he just wants to run creative again and just wants to be the boss again? Do you think it's just for a meteorites deal? Do you think... You know, whatever. What are your thoughts? Do you take Vince at face value or has he got something else up his sleeve? Let me know down in the comments and on to the next. Mercedes Monet, the former Sasha Banks, has made her debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, of course, the Internet has lost their ever-loving mind. Who would have guessed, right? uncharacteristic of the wrestling internet community to uh, lose their shit over something like this you got a large contingency of people out there that hate Sasha Banks and I don't know why I don't see it I don't get it but if you go out there and you read the comments on everything oh boy now I don't normally talk about in ring stuff that's not the shtick of this show I use it sparingly Um, But I think this warrants a little bit of uh, addressing here. Talking about uh, first starting with the debut of Sasha Banks in New Japan Pro Wrestling as Mercedes Monet. I'll get the bad out of the way first um, because I'm going to simp for Sasha pretty hard here. But before I do that, just to kind of address the bad uh Mercedes Monet first of all is a stupid name. Mercedes is her name so I like that. She would have been fine as Mercedes Vernado or Mer- I don't you know whatever I think she filed for Mercedes Banks at one point too. I don't know if she could use that or not if she's allowed to use any form of Banks with her character. I just don't like Monet. It's just it's weird in her whole money theme <clears throat> and like She's got this weird crisscross-inspired intro music, and her promo was hot dog shit as well. She came out, and she was talking really like slow and weird and kind of stumbled a little bit. Could have just been a little bit of ring rust, kind of the same thing that Soraya went through, especially when you're not scripted, right? Soraya was very outspoken about... I had a hard time adjusting, you know, I botched that first promo, one, because I've been away so long, and two, because I don't have a script in my hand, and, you know, some people don't have that inherent talent to just fucking talk without being told what to say, um, so that's going to be something that remains to be seen, too, because I I think Sasha's not a bad talker at all, um, but... She did botch this promo; it was pretty awful and cringe to listen to. And then her uh, finisher—you know, when she uh, hit the new bank statement, whatever uh, she calls it now—is bankrupt. Is that? What it, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but when she hit it, it was botched, and the internet was blaming Sasha. Oh, there's bot- botch of banks out there again, fucking botching moves. Uh, that was Kyrie that botched that move, by the way. Uh, I think people don't really understand wrestling necessarily are the people that are talking about this. Um, People that don't know the mechanics behind it. And Look, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not an expert. But I know more than probably the average fan. You know, I've taken a few bumps in my life myself. Um, So, you know, I've gone through a table. Have you? I've had a fork stabbed in my head. Have you? Uh, Just saying. Taking a super kick or two, leg drops. You know what I mean? I get my ass kicked. I know a thing or two. So not an expert, though. But uh, by all accounts, that was Kyrie Sane's fault in that situation. Not Sasha's. But the internet just fucking loves to hate Sasha. They just tore her up for this whole thing. Oh, and before I get on to the good here and just simp for Sasha, um, her hair was horrible too. Oh my God, that looked really bad. I saw a funny meme out there that uh, was like the inspiration for Sasha's new hairdo and it was a block of moldy cheese. Uh, It does look very toyetic though to steal a line from Matt Cardona. The she's got like a micro micro brawler out on pro wrestling tees and it looks really dope like the hair looks great on a toy. So uh, what she was going for is, you know, it's it's a toy attic look. But it did kind of look weird in real life. Uh, but my God, you would think she fucking killed a little child or something. The way the internet is reacting to this woman debuting in New Japan. There is a large contingency of people out there that just hate fucking Sasha Banks. And I don't get it. I, I For the life of me, I can't fathom why. I, I can only ration it out as people are just salty that she left WWE. people are salty that she walked out of wwe or how she did it look a million wrestlers have walked out of wwe it's not new it's happened many times over the course of history sasha banks didn't like her creative so she said peace out is it the best way to do business no but you're gonna hate the person for it and everybody's sitting here fucking oh she sucks in the ring you know bunch of banks and shit First of all, Sasha Banks can wrestle circles around pretty much any woman, any woman in the WWE or AEW for that matter, uh, with the exception of probably Charlotte. I think Charlotte is one of, if not the best wrestlers uh, in the women's division. Period. Um, I, I don't think Becky's better than her. I don't think Bailey's better than her, though. Bailey's really good herself. Uh, how many five star matches have other women's wrestlers had? How many WrestleMania main events have other women's wrestlers have? Sasha Banks, I believe, has the most WrestleMania main events. I think it was only two, right? But she did the one, the the three way with Charlotte and Becky. And then and that was before WrestleMania was two nights, so they they were the true main event. Um But then she did that main event with Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks can wrestle circles around just about anybody. She has achieved more than pretty much anybody in the WWE. I don't get where everybody's coming. Oh, Oh, she botches moves? Look, Sasha's matches look like fights. Uh, Wrestling shouldn't look like a goddamn fucking ballet trapeze act. You know, you watch, almost, you watch 90% of these women's wrestlers, and this is why nobody likes women's wrestling and why the ratings are down on them all the time. It's because their matches don't look good. None of them look like they're actually out there having a fucking fight. It's all paint by numbers. You hear this, you see this fucking, oh, I'm going to... Do do do, whip you into the ropes, and then I'm gonna do do do, clothesline. It's it's fucking, it's all paint by numbers. You can watch them in their head. Okay, now I gotta do this. Okay, now I gotta do that, and they're not actually putting any oomph into it. It's just okay. I'm gonna guide you into the ropes. And then I'm going to do doe and fucking backflip and, you know, do a fucking cartwheel and a spin kick in the splits. And then it's all fucking show. Women, it's not physical. And watch any of Sasha's matches. Sasha fights. She goes out there and scraps. It looks like a struggle. It looks like she's fucking, she's trying to win a fight. You know, her famous Hell in a Cell match looked, you know, she couldn't go through that table for the life of her. But that match looked brutal it looked like a fight uh props to uh by the way it, just a quick sidebar props to bianca belair and and uh alexa bliss had a hell of a match on raw uh that was a fight that was very physical um <laughs> they they did a they they did a copy of the uh, <laughs> of a scary movie fight too during that. That's a fun little thing. I put it on my Facebook. Uh, if you, you know, cheap plug for that. If you have not seen this, they did a beat for beat fight uh, recreation of a, of a fight scene from Scary Movie, and it's hilarious. And I mean, beat for beat for like a minute straight, just. Every single move they did was exactly choreographed from the scary movie fight. But they made that match look physical, bringing it back to Sasha. Everything she does in the ring is physical. She's intense. She's out there to fight people. She's a scrapper. And she's had a hell of a a fucking stack of great matches. She's had five-star matches. What, her match with Bailey in NXT was amongst the greatest matches in WWE history. Uh, certainly the best in NXT history. I think it's hard to argue. Historically, that is probably the greatest women's match of all time. It really is. It's fantastic. Um, so I, I just don't know. I think people are bitter against Sasha. They want to hate Sasha. Um, and then the whole thing about her... You know, not being a big enough star, and you know, WWE didn't want to re sign her, or <clears throat> they wanted to re sign her, but they didn't want to re sign her at the amount of money that she felt she was worth. They didn't feel like she was on par with Becky or Charlotte or worth as much as them, and that's what she wanted. She wanted Becky and Charlotte money. Why is she not getting Becky and Charlotte money? She can out wrestle. 80 90 percent of the women's roster she's easily as good as both of those easily as big of a star as both of those if not more and people don't seem to understand that either i see a lot of people like oh the wwe machine creator she's nothing without them dude she went out there and did the mandalorian biggest fucking tv show of last year dude mandalorian she's a huge star it's a disney property that's a star wars property I don't know if she's going back for the next season or whatever, but it doesn't matter, dude. That's why she can command such a huge amount of money out there as an independent. Because she's. it's not just her, I'm a former WWE star trying to fucking go get a couple gigs. She's a giant fucking TV star as well. And she's going to continue to get movies. And she's going to continue to get TV shows. And she's going to be a big fucking star she's connected to snoop there's no way that this woman does not become a success out in hollywood as well wrestlers are starting to get a really good reputation out there in hollywood right now batista was just quoted in that glass onion movie the director said he's the best wrestler turned actor he's ever seen Uh, we also got john cena out there we got the guy that runs dc right now dc studios over for warner media uh, James Gunn, created the Peacemaker show specifically to work with John Cena more because he loved working with him so much on the Suicide Squad movie, and he just loves John Cena. So he's going to, I want to work with John Cena more. Let me create a TV show for him. Uh, you know what I mean? Like The Rock, obviously. Well, he's running into a little bit of trouble out there because he's he's the whole Black Adam thing. He's kind of... Uh, making people a little bit sour on Dwayne Johnson right now over the whole Black Adam gimmick. But obviously, Dwayne Johnson, the biggest, most highest-paid actor in the world right now. So wrestlers are a hot commodity in Hollywood. People are starting to wake up to the fact that you know, first of all, wrestling is just more respected now, right? Before it was this taboo, like, oh, that wrestling crap, you oh, know, you're just a ruined wrestler. And that's why wrestlers were oftentimes relegated to B-movies and stuff like that. Uh, but we're at a point right now where wrestling is accepted in the mainstream. And wrestlers are starting to be publicly recognized as really easy to work with. And really good at what they do. Just the way that you're brought up in wrestling, the way that everything is live, the way you gotta work on the fly, the way promos are drilled into you and and work in the camera and one take and just everything. And just Vince, how hard Vince was. Anybody that's been through the system with Vince in general, like they're just built to do Hollywood. And Sasha Banks is going to be no different, and she's going to be, you know, there's no real females out there doing it. I know Trish Stratus just did a Christmas movie or whatever, but Sasha was in The Mandalorian. Right? She was in fucking Star Wars, for fuck's sakes. So, anybody out there that says, oh, she's not a big enough star outside of WWE, your head's up your fucking ass. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. You don't. She's got other deals in the works. It's already been rumored out there that she's already working on other movie projects and shit like that. Then you got fucking Dave Meltzer adding to the mix, and he's his fucking boneheaded bullshit, too. Meltzer out there, and look, I've never been critical of Meltzer really. Um, but this is a perfect example of Meltzer just pulling shit out of his ass for the sake of pulling it out of his ass to sound fucking cool or whatever. He's out there quoted, you know, because now all the rumors were that Sasha was going to debut or Mercedes was going to debut as Soraya's mystery partner in AEW and that she's AEW bound, which we'll touch on a little bit more in, in, in a moment here. Um, but Meltzer chimed in. And he's like, no, that's probably not going to happen because. Sasha's not going to want to she would have to sign a three-year deal at least at minimum and Sasha's not going to want to tie herself down for that long (coughs) and WWE people in WWE expect her to come back and so this is this is Meltzer's hot take right where is he getting this shit from he's pulling it out of his fucking ass What do you mean she has to sign three years? She has to? What rule is that? Tony only signs three-year contracts? I call bullshit on that. If she only wanted to come in for a year, or or she only wanted to come in for a few matches, a few programs... Tony would do that goddamn deal if he had any kind of brain. And again, we'll touch on that in a minute. She's a valuable asset. But regardless, there is nothing out there that says that she has to sign a three-year deal and tie herself down. That's fucking bullshit. Secondly, if you sign an AEW contract, it allows you, or at least I'm sure she could work it into her contract, to allow her to continue to work for New Japan like Kenny does and like... You know, the FTR does and any other number of people and probably go work in Mexico and probably go work any other goddamn place she pleases except for WWE and more power to her. I mean, why would she not sign on? Oh, I can sign a a sign on for a year, maybe two, maybe three. I do agree. I don't know that she would want to tie herself down for three years, but there's no rule that says she has to. And in that time she signs with AEW, she can get a fat equal paycheck to what she would have gotten WWE from AEW and still be allowed to go do all her side hustle shit. Not only that, but Mel, so Meltzer's saying, well, WWE expects her to return. They expect her to return based on what? Based on what? I'm sure she hasn't said that she's going to return. She just got done negotiating a deal before the end of the year. She was working on Triple H was actively trying to get her back, but the rumors were. I wasn't there. I didn't see the fucking negotiation. But we, you know, rumors got out that they she wanted. To equal pay to top other top wrestlers on the roster, like Charlotte and Becky, make more money than her. And she didn't feel like they should. She felt like she deserved to be on equal pay as them. I frankly agree. Her being in The Mandalorian gives her star power. It makes her more of a household name, a household face. She can wrestle as good as anybody else, despite what these fucking idiot marks on the internet think because a move gets botched here and there. They think Sasha can't wrestle. They don't have a fucking clue what a wrestling match looks like, all right? They don't know what they're talking about. Sasha is a fucking great worker, okay? Uh, There is. They don't see the value in Sasha Banks. They didn't see the... That's why she didn't re-sign. They didn't see the value in her. And they also thought she was past her prime, past her peak. So why on earth would Sasha go fucking do three matches in New Japan and go, Okay, I'll come back now for less money and less of a push. And, you know, uh, what has changed since her last negotiation? But uh, Meltzer said she's just got to get this New Japan stuff out of her system. That's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. Get it out of her system. She didn't re-sign with WWE because she really wanted to go work in New Japan. Now, look, she is on record of saying she's always wanted to work in New Japan, and that was a bucket list thing for her. Uh, But it's not the reason she left WWE. She didn't leave because she wanted to go do other stuff. She left because they were not going to pay her what she wanted to get paid or put her as prominently on TV as she Thought she should be used at. Whether you think she should or not is beside the point. This is why she did not go back to WWE. So you fucking think that she's going to go do three matches in New Japan. And then just go crawling back to WWE. Uh, Okay, I'm back now. It, or oh I can't I can't make it on my own. So I guess I'll just go crawling back to WWE and get whatever I can get. Sasha will be back in WWE. I have no doubt about that. Everybody goes back to WWE. But when she does, it's gonna be after she's done a couple other movies, maybe other TV shows. And she comes back a giant star, and she's one of those people that WWE begs to come back for a WrestleMania appearance because, look, they can only do Goldberg so many times. They can only do Brock Lesnar coming back again so many times. There's not many other people they can pick from that's going to pop the fucking roster, you know what I mean? They're not going to be able to pop a WrestleMania with bringing people back from the past at a certain point. They're gonna play out all their cards. Sasha's gonna be there having done more had more success in Hollywood since then and quite frankly, probably have worked for Aew, New Japan, uh, had some great fucking matches out there on on her own outside of WWE, and she'll get brought back as a special attraction instead of a full-time. That's my prediction. Uh There's just there's no... Why on earth would she go back to WWE? Why do they believe that she's on her way back when they couldn't agree to terms? They couldn't agree to terms. So is the expectation that Sasha's going to tuck her tail and go back and say, okay, I'll agree to your terms No, I'm sorry, I left. No. That's not what's going to happen. She's fucking Snoop Dogg's cousin. You think that she can't get herself fucking she can be all over anything that she wants. Snoop's dirty little hands are in so much shit. He's such a big bit. He's he does a lot that but he's not just a rapper, dude. He's he has his dirty paws in a lot of different things in the industry. And you think at the very least if Sasha can't get shit done on her own that he can't help her out in certain ways. Um, but she's going to get shit on her own because she's already been in the Mandalorian. She already did that on her own. Everybody out there, oh, she can't be successful outside the W machine. They didn't get her that gig. She got her that gig. That's a big gig. You don't see anybody else doing that shit. Uh, you know, there's rumors that Becky Lynch filmed something for Marvel, but they ended up cutting it. And there's rumors that they still liked her and may use her in the future, but may use her in the future. And look, that's fine if they do. I'd like to see it. Hollywood loves them some wrestling people right now. Sasha's going to do bigger and better things outside of WWE. She doesn't need their exposure at this point. Um, which leads me to the next thing here. And that's, well, b- before before I get to AEW, I was going to jump over to AEW. But before we do that, in addition to that, not just, oh, she's got to get a couple matches out of her system with New Japan. Do you think Sasha Banks went out there? And copyright, we saw this big list of all these different trademarks that she filed and everything like that. Those aren't cheap, and yeah, she's got a lot of money, so it's really just pocket change for her. I get that. But you think she's going to register all of these fucking trademarks and then go set up a pro wrestling tease store, and get the micro brawlers and all that shit going to go wrestle fucking three, four, five matches in New Japan and then go back to WWE as Sasha Banks? She could have did all that as Mercedes Vernado and not had the trademark shit. She didn't have to do any of that. Why would she go out of her way to create this whole new fucking personality for herself to go do a handful of matches to, and then go back to WWE for terms that she didn't agree to the first in the first place? It's delusional. It's fucking delusional. <clears throat> Meltzer's just pulling shit out of his ass. Meltzer hears shit. Oh, somebody in WWE said they expect her back. Oh, she wouldn't sign a three-year contract. She's not going to want to be tied down that long. All of this is stuff that Meltzer's pulling out of his ass based on stuff that he's heard or educated guesses or whatever, but he's not actually thinking things through logically. At no point in his fucking bullshit did he ever acknowledge the fact that Sasha didn't agree to WWE's terms. So unless she goes out there and makes a name for herself, which I believe she will and is capable of doing, to earn the money that she feels like she deserves in WWE, why would she go back for those terms again? To get a couple matches in New Japan out of her system? That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Stupidest shit I've ever heard. Meltzer is way out of line here in his speculation. Because he speaks speculation as fact. And it's delusional. It's delusional. Don't speak speculation as fact. We don't know. AEW bound, perhaps. We still, she might still might appear in LA. That's a perfect spot to debut her if you're going to. If you're Sasha Banks, if you're Mercedes Monet. Would you sign with AEW? Of course you would sign with AEW. Why? Because you just turned down a deal with WWE first of all, right? So there's one. AEW has television exposure. She can go be a wrestler anywhere she wants as long as it's not WWE. She can have her pro wrestling tees, her micro brawlers. She can go out and do movies and TV shows and be anything she wants, a fucking model all of her side gigs she can have it all and she can be on national tv every single week or every couple of weeks or whenever the fuck she wants quite frankly you don't think she's gonna do that first of all Sasha loves wrestling Dax has been very outspoken about this and this is something Sasha said before she's not one of these people that are using wrestling as a means to her next step in Hollywood. That is the eventual next step, but she loves wrestling. Like she has a passion for wrestling. Her and Bailey and Naomi had this picture taken of them outside a Ribera Steakhouse in Japan with fucking Ribera Steakhouse jackets on. That's you have to be a wrestling mark to to even <clears throat> know about that to begin with but to to, that's like a bucket list thing that's like a rite of passage for women that wrestle in japan and that's you know what i mean she fucking loves that shit she is in wrestling because she loves wrestling she could easily quit and transition to hollywood full-time but she wants to continue wrestling and she wants to work in japan and she wants to work in stardom and she wants to work for probably aew i would imagine there's got to be a part of her that's itching to t- mix it up with a Britt Baker and a Jade Cargill and a Jamie Hader and a fucking Serena Deeb <clears throat> and a Thunder Rosa if for when she comes back. You know, Tony Storm. There's so many good talents over there. Chris Statlander, when she comes back, that she could go in and mix it up with. You have to believe that Sasha, you know, if she's that passionate about wrestling, she's going to want to continue wrestling. And it's not just going to be in New Japan and stardom. I'm sorry. I just don't see it that way. She's going to want to be on American TV. And guess who's got American TV besides WWE? AEW does so. Certainly, other companies like Impact and such do too. But they can't afford a Sasha Banks. She's asking that big money. That's her gimmick now, Monet. You know, it's in her fucking theme song. She's she's a money bitch, right? Dollar signs. That's her gimmick. Um, I just don't. I, I, if she's going to have a career outside of WWE, and she wants to continue wrestling and Do movies and all that other stuff. It would behoove her to be on national TV as a wrestler. You know, I've seen uh, like a poster advertisement for her to be at some kind of con or something like that. And it's uh, you know, uh, current New Japan wrestler, you know, star of The Mandalorian and former Sasha Banks in WWE. New Japan's big place. It's it's probably the third biggest wrestling company in the world. But it's also in Japan. Doesn't have that exposure. It would behoove her to be on American TV, and if she's not going to go back to WWE, which I don't think she will, unless they offer her what she wants, she would probably prefer to go back to WWE. I'm not saying she doesn't want to, but they didn't agree to terms. So unless they want to agree to her terms, I don't think she's going to go crawling back to agree to their terms unless she tries her hand somewhere else doing other shit. Again, if I were her, just think this shit through logically. If you were her, is that what you're gonna do? No, I don't like your deal. I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm insulted by your deal. I think I'm worth more. I'm gonna go trademark a bunch of shit. You're gonna go wrestle three, four matches in Japan, and then you know what? I'm gonna come back and agree to your deal. Yeah, let's just let's do that. Fucking use your brain. You know what I mean? So if she's going to continue to be a wrestler and she wants to continue to build her star power and brand. She should be on national TV, and it should be for, obviously, AEW. They're going to be able to afford her. They have the big networks to put her on. And if I were AEW, I would build, I would throw CM Punk money at her, and I would build around her, especially if Punk's not coming back. Take that money Buy Sasha Banks, build the company around Sasha Banks. She's a big enough star to do it. And I know she has so many haters out there, and all of you are cringing listening. So I build your company around Botcha Banks. Meh. You guys are all morons. <laughs> I think that. I love you. Thank you for listening and watching or whatever. But you're morons. Sasha Banks obviously is somebody you would build your company around. She's a giant star. She was a big star in WWE. She main evented two WrestleManias. No other woman has main evented. That maybe Charlotte has. Has Charlotte? I think maybe so. Very, very rare. The rarefied air, all the championships she's held over there. Quite frankly, there's nothing else to accomplish in WWE. She's done it all. You know, even a CM Punk has not reached the main event of WrestleMania. Sasha Banks has twice. You know, Mandalorian. Nobody's been on that big, you know, other than The Rock. Other than The Rock, nobody has been on that big of a property. I don't even think John Cena, you know, The Suicide Squad and and Pe- Peacemaker was a hit show. It really was. But <clears throat> is it as big of a property as a Star Wars property on Disney Plus? Is it? I don't know. I think Sasha Banks might just be. I, 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 she's. She's worth so much more than people give her credit for. And its I feel like I'm just the angry old man yelling from the mountaintops. You don't get off my lawn and all that shit. Yelling at the clouds or whatever stereotype you want to give me. I see so much value in Sasha Banks. And nobody else does. And that's fine. If I'm Tony Khan, I throw the... the <clears throat> excuse me. I throw... All that I can at Sasha Banks. I throw her a a giant paycheck. I give her what she wants. It'll probably be less than what she would get in WWE. But it's also going to be less dates. And it's going to give her the freedom to go do other shit. And it's still going to be quite significant. He has the ability to offer her a million dollars a year, if not more. Easy peasy. You know, we heard Cody Rhodes talk about that Jericho and punk money. And that's, you know... Uh, supposedly one of, if not the reason he left AEW, is Tony didn't see him as worth that kind of money. Um, Sasha's worth that kind of money. Bring her in, build around her, and look, if she's a flop, She's a flop, you know, maybe she'll prove me wrong. Maybe she'll just be another fucking person on the roster, bring her in, all the hype in the world, and then, you know, the pops are rating for a week or two, and then they go back under a million and nobody cares. That could be, and, you know, that's Tony Khan, under Tony Khan's booking, it's a giant possibility. But you get a talent like Sasha Banks, she's a free agent, you sign her for whatever you need, you start putting her on everything. You know, you build your marketing around her. She's on your truck. She's on your commercials. She's on your your posters for the arenas and the, the live events and the promotional material. You put her on everything. You fucking just you throw it out there and then you allow her to also wrestle in Mexico, Japan, and then you, you know, allow her to be on TV and be in all the movies. You got a money-making machine on your hands. I really, really think that. And plus, you know, she's she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's, she's a woman of color, which Hollywood loves these days. You know, everybody loves their women of color to fucking push them up into a big spotlight. She's connected with Snoop. I just... I It's unfathomable to me that people look at a Sasha Banks and just be like, ah, she'd be nothing without WWE. And I just don't see it. So... That's my bet. That's where I think all of this is going. She will sign with AEW because she's going to want that TV exposure and, and that million, million, or multi million dollar contract. And she'll be able to use that, leverage that as a current TV star. So that way she's not a former or used to be on TV, but now I'm not. Now she is a, and, and that's a key to getting her other movie deals and, you know, keeping her as mainstream as possible like I said that's why it behooves her to be on national TV um <clears throat> it's just a no-brainer <clears throat> so unless WWE <clears throat> God damn it so I'm dry today all the screaming at the microphone yelling at the clouds rabble rabble uh you know unless WWE is gonna agree to her terms and pay her what she wants that's the move that's what she's going to do but what the fuck do I know I'm just a guy yelling at my microphone down in the basement what are your thoughts bury me for being a sasha bank simp go for it tell me why she sucks and she's horrible and she botches everything and she won't be shit outside of WWE and she left them you know on bad terms and you know whatever whatever let me know down in the comments or if you agree If you think I am right and and you think that Sasha Banks has the potential to be the biggest female star in Hollywood to come from wrestling and that she has a whole nother run in AEW where they could really build around her if they want to. That's my thoughts. What are yours? Put them down there and I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. Say yeah. Dax Harwood has a brand new podcast that came out while I was on vacation. FTR with Dax Harwood. And uh, he's got Matt Kuhn as a host, too. I love me some Matt Kuhn. He's a very good, very good podcast host. Uh, He's a good Conrad Thompson-esque type character. Great for these sorts of formatted podcasts. FTR, family, tequila, and wrestling is what they're going with here. I never really, uh, never really picked Dax as a as a podcaster guy, but apparently he's got some shit to stay. And and people are, it's been controversial already. I almost did a segment on the CM Punk episode, uh, but I was on vacation that week, so I opted not to do the work. You know, just kick back, relax, enjoy my Christmas New Year's vacation. Um, that one stirred up a lot of shit just by him saying, Hey, I hope everybody can get along. Well, apparently they don't want to fucking get along. Fuck you for liking CM Punk. That's how everybody reacted to Dax and poor Dax had to eat that one on the chin. Um, but in this particular episode, he talked about, uh, well, it was a whole, the whole episode was built around the Briscoes and his specifically the dog collar match, but the whole trilogy in general, which was. I mean this is a fantastic listen. If you were a fan of any of those matches, they take you inside. Coon and Dax, the Coon does a great job of leading Dax through step by step. They're so just working their way through this entire the dog collar match specifically. How it was put together, the the psychology behind it all. Man, it's just if you've into that kind of shit, how a match is put together, And everything and and just all the insider, how physical it was, they're really punching each other in the face, all of that stuff. Um, man, this was a hell of a listen for that, but it was in this particular clip here that Dax talked about something that I hadn't heard, uh, before. Maybe this has been out before, but apparently, uh, during that whole situation where Cash got injured on the ring post there and ripped his arm open, that freak accident that he had on AEW, as you see pictured there on the thumbnail, it's over er, One of these ways. I don't know which way the camera faces. Um, But you see that. And apparently, this almost caused Cash to quit wrestling altogether. Check out this clip.
3: And he had just, you know, got his forearm ripped to shreds where he almost bled to death. And he called me, you know, after the forum thing, it was about a week later, he decided to go home and hang out at his, uh, home here in North Carolina. And he called me and I hope he doesn't mind me telling this, but he called me, and he was crying and he said, uh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I was like, well, what do you mean do this? He said, I don't think I want to wrestle anymore. And, um, and I said, "What?" Well, I, Please tell me where you're coming from. He said, Look, you'll be fine. Uh, you know, you, you your contract and my contract is um they're not intertwined. We had two separate contracts. Um, you know, and he, he said some very nice things about me. And I said, Dude, I don't want to do this without you. You know, like uh I'm struggling too. And So uh, you know, I told him. I said, "Hey, dude, let's let's whatever is going to make you comfortable. Let's let's try to make you comfortable." And you know, we had uh, about an hour conversation. And he said, "Look, uh, if I'm not having fun doing this, if I'm not enjoying this, he said, I don't want to do this anymore. He said, what we're doing now is not me is not worth me or you losing your life." And I said, I can't argue with that. Uh, I said, but I'll make a promise to you. I said, I'll try to be less abrasive and i will try to keep my temper in check and i'll try to keep my passion and and only let him and i only let him and i know what's going through my mind and uh i i said we'll have fun we'll spend the rest of this contract which i think was in a year and a half and whatever they give us we'll have fun doing if he doesn't give us anything that's okay too
0: yeah, it was scary as fuck for sure. That was a very scary incident. He was bleeding significantly. It wasn't just a little cut. Like, he could have bled out there if he wasn't tended to right away. Thankfully, there's doctors right there at ringside. Doc Sampson was on, Johnny on the spot, right? Same guy that was Johnny on the spot for uh, when Jerry Lawler fucking died in, on the commentary desk, you know? Doc Sampson, he's a fucking hero. So he was there. Uh, So Cash, you know, didn't bleed out or anything. But, you know, there was significant nerve damage from what I understand. Maybe that was just, you know, storyline or whatever. But I would imagine if you rip your forearm open that bad, there's probably going to be some nerve damage in there. And it probably scared the shit out of Cash. You know, Dax didn't go into huge detail as to why specifically that moment caused Cash. But think about it. Cash has a family. You know, he's only human. He's looking at this and like, wow, man, like when you face possible death and he wasn't like on his deathbed or anything, but he certainly got such a significant injury that he could have bled out, you know, and did permanent damage and all that stuff. That's enough to make you rethink some shit, right? You know, if you get, you know, break your neck or whatever, anything, any of that stuff happens in the ring, you're going to think is this really worth it with the wife and the kids and everything else i understand i get where he's coming from where you know should i i I don't know if i want to continue doing this stuff is it worth it to me i don't know thankfully he was talked into it because this was a hell of a year for ftr probably their best year ever And as Dax said, you know, they agreed. Dax kind of talked to Cash. He's like, I don't want to do this without you, you know, (laughs) because Cash was like, don't worry, you'll be fine. Apparently, they have separate contracts, which is weird. I don't know if that's standard. I guess I shouldn't say if that's weird. Um, I don't know that tag teams do sign contracts together, but maybe. I don't know. Uh But apparently Dax, you know, had his own contract and Cash was like, don't worry, you'll be fine. You can do it on your own. Dax didn't want to do it on his own. And I respect that so much. FTR is my favorite tag team and I love tag team wrestling. There's something so special about it. And those going back to those matches with the Briscoes again, they were they were some of the damnedest matches I've ever seen in my life as far as tag team. Uh, Are they the best ever? I don't know. Who's to say? Are they in the conversation? I'd say so. For tag team matches, I can't think of a better tag team match off the top of my head than that whole series between the two, but specifically that dog collar match. My God, what a fucking piece of artwork that was. It was fantastic. Um they went into Dax went into depth too on the whole thing with AEW and and why, you know, I've been bitching for a long time and I know Cornette was bitching about AEW not getting that spotlight with, or FTR not getting that spotlight at all out to face the Young Bucks, the trilogy, the rubber match for the belts. And, uh, you know, according to Dax, he certainly thought things were heading that way. Check out this clip.
3: We thought that it was going to be us and the Young Bucks to unify all titles, winner take all. That's what we expected. So we're talking about All Out then, right? Because we're talking about you and Cash thinking you're going to have a tag team
4: match with the Bucks for all the titles at All Out, which happened before Full Gear,
3: correct? Yes, 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 yes. And and you were comfortable in assuming that? You were, you were confident in assuming that? I was pretty confident in assuming that, yes. Uh, but you know what they say about assuming. Um, but uh, maybe we got some information that was crossed and that happens in wrestling that happens in podcasting that happens in all forms of entertainment, but we expected to wrestle the young bucks. And man, I was very excited for that match because uh, you know, the differences that we have with them stylistically ideology um, you know, and, and even maybe personally uh, there's no taking away that, If I were going to put, and I'm sure we'll talk about this one day, if I were going to put together a Mount Rushmore of tag teams, I would put the Young Bucks on there.
0: Yeah, he was under the impression, just like all of us were, that that's exactly where that storyline was going. Now, Dax is a classy guy. I don't think he's going to get into the dirt of things. I don't think he's going to say, yeah, the the Young Bucks railroaded us. In fact, he was very complimentary of the Young Bucks. Put them over. Says they would be on the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. That's a bit of a stretch. Uh, You know, some people like that style. The Young Bucks don't bother me, but they're so overly choreographed. I don't know. They've had some great matches. They have. But Mount Rushmore, Yeah, I don't know. Um They're certainly, you know, Hall of Fame worthy. I'll give them that. They don't, they're not, you know, I'd put them in that world, but. (sighs) Yeah, Dax was very, very uh, politically correct when talking about this situation, but he had said as much that they had kind of missed their chance by the time they got to their title shot with the Acclaimed. And, you know, that he had said that it wasn't their idea to put over or that it was their idea to put over the acclaim. They did not want to win the belts. Uh, And then, you know, they went on to lose every single belt, which is, you know, what I had predicted. You know, they didn't catch the boat to win all the titles when they won. could have won the AEW titles and that they're running out of time, that they're not going to hold all these other belts forever. And, you know, lo and behold, they have now lost every single tag team title that they held. But, damn, uh, in general, this is Dax Harwood podcast is great because Dax is just a good old boy that tells it like it is. And uh, not in a bad way. Like I said, he's pretty pretty politically correct. You know, he's not going to shit on anybody or, you know, expose any dirt or anything like that. But he's honest. <clears throat> he's from the heart. And, you know, he'll, he'll admit. You know, he even said... <laughs> He even said something to the effect of he had never felt like as big of a pussy in his life. than when he got into a fist exchange with Jay Jay Briscoe, I think it was Jay, he said, Uh, you know, (laughs) they had agreed to go out there and just punch each other for real, essentially, because he wanted it to look as real as possible. And then he immediately regretted it when he got hit in the face with by Jay, which is it. It's hilarious, and it's hilarious that he would admit that kind of thing. And Coon had to jump in. He's like, "Bro, it's not, uh, it's not a pussy, it's not pussy shit to admit that you don't want to catch hands from Jay Briscoe." He's a tough dude. So, uh, very fun podcast. Great shit. And I'm glad Cash Wheeler did not retire. Did not quit wrestling. I'm glad that that did not scare him off because they've had a hell of a run since. And look, I, they're not <clears throat> they're not past their prime. They are in their prime now. Even though they lost all these belts, they are they they've they're, they've had the, some of the best matches of their career this year, even in this quarter. So. I expect to see so much more greatness from FTR, and I'm excited to see what they continue to do. They're my favorite tag team. Let's get it. J E W <laughs> F J A W R E W T. That's double J. Jeff Jarrett was on Talk is Jericho this week. And look, I know. I know what you're thinking. Don't you have a no Jeff Jarrett policy on your podcast? I do. I really do, but look, content was slow this week, you know, besides the insane McMahon stuff going on. On the podcast front, there's not a lot lot to write home about this week, you know, the Bischoff Flair thing is squashed, Flair didn't say anything stupid this week, what else am I going to talk about? We got Jeff Jarrett on the Talk is Jericho podcast, talking about his role in aew why is he in aew what brought him to aew what is his role backstage specifically and how did he ended up on tv check out this clip
4: did the rick fair last match and then uh yeah out of the blue uh just kind of had started having conversations uh, with the place you built mm-hmm. the house that jericho built <laughs> that, that, that um but no all kidding aside and and that was all on I guess you could say my day job, the director of business development. Uh, I'm very familiar with Universal Studios, obviously the live event business. I'm a third generation promoter. I got some international projects that have been in the works, some for three or four or five years, Uh, others been been going about 12 months. So those conversations took place. And then, like you said, funny thing on the way to uh, the bread store. Hey, man, (laughs) do you want to put on your boots again? (laughs) And here we are.
3: Now you mentioned coming in kind of for uh doing to business in the infrastructure part of AEW. So now we're we're working on building a whole infrastructure of our own and you're a part of that. So what is some of the jobs that, that you are being asked to do here on that side of things?
4: You know, it's it's a work in progress and that's we just had this before we roll tape, you know, I was sharing with you about before I took the job, I went out and did my own due diligence really on the brand not so much i'll call it the wrestling bubble or social media but from television is is very easy to see but the live event industry which that was that's one of the hats i'm wearing is really we'll call it house shows uh it's not a four-letter word around here which yeah. i love <laughs> um but you know so the house show business i'll call them the non-televised live events i think it's the proper terminology that i use when i'm talking to different promoters i said hey these are non-televised oh i got it uh but that that's it right up at the forefront.
0: I still don't like Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. There's just something about him. I just he just doesn't seem hundred percent genuine to me. And there's a little bit of a snake oil salesman to him to a certain extent. Uh you know, ever since the whole thing stems from just other than he's kind of insufferable to listen to for two hours plus on a podcast. He kind of burnt me out on that. The way that he chewed out, and I know this was a while ago now, but he chewed out the producer on, on the his podcast with Conrad on air. He's fucking ranted about his research and all that shit. And it's like, bro, fuck off. Who do you think you are? You know what I mean? <clears throat> but this was a fairly decent, uh, easy to listen to podcast with Chris talking about a lot of different things, you know, the WWE stuff, the walkout, and and all that kind of shit, some TNA stuff in there, but this, you know, it was, I've been curious about his role in AEW, specifically the backstage stuff, Uh, I don't agree with him being on air, I wouldn't have made that call, I think you could give that spotlight to somebody else, though I do think he's being used well, I think, the pairing, you know, Chris had said that Tony's idea, because Chris is very much in the loop, by the way. Chris is an EVP without the title. He really is. He's in the loop on everything that goes on in WWE, or AEW. And, uh, you know, he had said that Tony's plan was to bring him in on air with Jay Lethal because he liked that pairing in Flair's last match. And he just like that combination of Lethal and Jarrett together. I can do with I could do without uh, Jeff Jarrett on my TV, quite frankly. I don't like the guy. He doesn't really entertain me all that much either. Uh, he's getting some good old school heat. I'll give him that. He's doing fine. Like he's he's working with younger talent. Not that Lethal's younger, but you know he's there with Satnam Singh. You know, that he put over Satnam pretty hard on, on Jericho's podcast, too. He says he thinks Satnam has a lot of potential and that he's very, very high on Satnam. I haven't seen anything out of him that impresses me, but he's uh, just a big, gumpy guy, if you ask me. But Jarrett sees a lot of potential in him. So having Jarrett just there to work with him, to teach him the business, but also, you know, working matches with the Acclaimed and shit like that, like as long as he's being used in in tony Khan does a great job of that you know for all the talent that he uses poorly or doesn't use at all a lot of the talent when he does use them he uses them very very well you know he puts them in these situations the young guys are the older veterans are are not on top taking the spots and holding down the young guys they're working with and or putting over the younger guys he uses them very well in these spots um, so though his use of Jarrett has not been bad, I just wouldn't have Jarrett on my TV, quite frankly. But him backstage, I've never been <clears throat> opposed to that. As much as I don't like Jarrett, and he rubs me the wrong way, I was actually pretty high on him coming into AEW to work backstage. I think he's been around the business for so long He talked about on the podcast with Jericho that coming up under his dad, he did everything from putting the ring up to working the popcorn stand to, you know, every last bit of it, driving talent. He had a story about driving Jerry Lawler one time and asking him not to eat in his car. And Lawler told uh, Jared's dad, Jerry Jarrett, told him what happened (laughs) that, hey, your son's not letting me eat in his car. You know, you should probably put him in check a little bit. (laughs) Jerry put him, put Jeff in check. So he came up in the business, a part of the business. His grandma was a promoter. Um, Jarrett knows the business in and out as a talent, as an in-ring wrestler, as a fucking promoter, as the booker, as a guy booking live events and getting deals in other countries. Jarrett is a savvy guy to the wrestling business. And very important to have around. And this is one of the things uh, Jericho mentioned too on the pod is that AEW grew quicker than they probably even expected themselves to. And they do not have all of the massive amounts of employees backstage helping run the machine that WWE has. And that's why WWE is such a corporate conglomerate machine that is, you know, so far leaps and bounds above AEW. Even though AEW. You know, they're not a TNA second. They're very close to a WWE in looks and money and budget and all that. But as far as, like, the infrastructure that they have, it's still very slim. And Jericho even let slip that a lot of the Jaguars people were doing, like, the people working behind the scenes for the Jaguars were pulling double duty working for AEW as well. And and so they're starting to bring in more people that can help out backstage And and help grow this company, you know, and Jeff's definitely a good guy to facilitate that. You know, I can not like him all I want, but I respect his ability to facilitate some good shit behind the scenes for AEW. And he's back there, so he's specifically working on just live events and shit. He's working on getting them, you know, house shows, quote unquote, uh, he says he pitches them as untelevised events, live events, but yeah, house shows. He's going to be doing more house shows. He said specifically in areas that are just frankly not big enough for dynamite, so they're going to start spreading their wings to little smaller uh, parts of the country, smaller towns, that kind of thing. I love it. I, lo- I love to see that. You know, they don't need to be in the house show game. I don't think the wrestling model supports house shows anymore, but I think the idea of just getting guys work. And getting uh, exposure in new territories, and look, like he said they're working on the TV territories too. Seattle's a new one for them. San Francisco's a new one for them. They're going to be going overseas to England, I believe, this year as well. They went into Canada, so they're still they're a new company and they're still expanding. Jericho's helping to facilitate that, and he's, you know, I think he's probably going to do a great job. So he's a good guy to have. But get that fucking guy off my TV. He's not the last outlaw. That was the Undertaker's gimmick. To the point, he stole the Undertaker's gimmick to the point where he's even got the big black fucking cap and the fucking black gloves and all. Fuck off with all that shit. Get off my TV. But uh, welcome aboard as far as backstage stuff. J E double F, J A double T. That's good old double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's it. That's all we got for you this week. I am back. I am fucking happy to be back. I could have continued to rant on. I was going to do a segment on the whole Dana White slappy, slappy thing, and then I figured, you know what? It's probably not something that I want to touch, to be 100% honest with you. That's a bit of a hot-button issue right now. I would probably stay away from that, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, uh, glad to be back. Not a lot of big podcasts this week, but a lot of news in general. I like the Dana White thing, and especially with the Vince McMahon stuff going on. And I love it! This stuff just gets me excited. This whole... <clears throat> as soon as the... Uh <clears throat> My God, sorry. I apologize. I've been coffee during this uh, episode. I've been... Uh throat's dry. I don't know if it's just cuz I'm overly excited, screaming more animated than normal. Who knows, but uh, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, man, I was itching to get back over here. Just doing the taking the two weeks off, it was good. I'm refreshed, you know, and I traveled, went and saw some family over the holidays. Um, tripped on some mushrooms over New Year's, so all, all that was fun. That's <laughs> all good and fun. You ever try mushrooms? They're fantastic, by the way. Don't knock mushrooms; they're great. They're so much fun. Um, but yeah, that was my time, and you know. But I'm excited to get back. I'm excited to get back into doing these shows, pumping out these clips. Just fucking man, I love it. I was itching to do it. You know, I never get sick of doing this. You know, the editing gets to be a headache sometimes. Really, honestly, it gets overwhelming, but I never get sick of talking to you guys, talking wrestling. I hope you liked. I put out. Uh, if you have not seen it yet, um, I should have known this was going to happen, and this was again why I felt comfortable taking a couple weeks off, is because uh, besides the fact that my show focuses on pro wrestling podcasts. And a lot of the pro wrestling podcasts did like best ofs or just like, you know, they weren't real bangers or newsmakers over the holidays. Right. You don't expect a lot of crazy shit to be going on in the world of podcasts on Christmas and New Year's and that sort of thing. So that was one of the reasons. Um, But I I'm back. It's fun. But I also knew that just you know a lot not the viewership's gonna go down right not a lot of people are gonna be tuning in because they got holiday shit going on too they're tripping mushrooms and traveling and all that other stuff so um, but I did put up a piece of bonus content as promised I was gonna do more with <clears throat> that bonus video didn't do too well to be a hundred percent with you so um, but I promised I would it was a, uh, I did a 2023 fantasy draft where I took 10 acts from AEW over to WWE, and 10 acts from WWE over to the AEW. Um, So that was a very fun video. And I didn't just take the top guys and switch them around. I did, like, one main event guy, one wild card Uh, Two tag teams, two mid-carters, two lower carters, and two women, I think was the way that I set that up. and I highly encourage you to check that out. I'll put it actually as the uh, end card video here at the end of this if you're watching the video. If not, if you're listening on the podcast feed, it should be the previous podcast to this that dropped check that shit out i would appreciate it uh if you haven't been checking out my reaction videos check those out as well they are not necessarily wrestling related though i've done a couple wrestling ones um but i would just check those out just to you know if you like my content if you like me as a personality at all I do take it over into pop culture as well. It's not just restricted to wrestling. So I encourage you to check out some of those videos. I got a book out, The Gathering, A Bold Journey into the Belly of the Juggalo Underworld about a dude who goes to the gathering of the Juggalo's Music Festival. He hates it. He's bitching about it the whole time, but he does a lot of fun drugs, encounters a lot of fun people, weird people. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, The first chapter is free here on my YouTube page if you want to just like the uh, audio book first chapter in full in its entirety is there. So you can kind of get a feel for it and see if it's something that is your liking or not. Um, That's it. Uh, Socials, plugs, TikTok, Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to be getting back into cranking out shorts again, which means more editing work for me. Woohoo. Yay. But I got, I got to get those shorts out because those are definitely uh, reaching uh, other potential audience members that full form videos do not or podcasts do not. So expect to see more of those out on TikTok and Facebook and that sort of thing. And just for my general musings and and rants and stuff, at Seth Grimes Media, you can always check me out there. That's it. That's all I got for you. I appreciate you. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around, not abandoning me over these two weeks. I do not intend to take any vacation days anymore anytime soon. Maybe again towards the end of the year, maybe sometime over the summer. I don't know. When I need one, I'll take one. Uh, But otherwise, I am here for you guys each and every week. Thank you for being here for me. I appreciate it. And this year we're going to grow. This year I'm going to reach my thousand subscribers. Yes, I'm still under a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It has been an absolute struggle. Uh, but look, I, I do a lot of research and uh, it's pretty common actually for it to be quite a struggle to reach a thousand. It's kind of one of those things that when you only got a couple hundred, it takes a little while to get the next hundred and the next hundred and the next hundred. Once you got a thousand or a couple thousand, then it you know now you're just getting a couple extra thousand and it snowballs like that the bigger you get the bigger your reach and the more you're going to continue to grow into the multi thousand so that's the game plan that's what i'm going to do this year i appreciate you guys being with me for the ride peace love and pizza nwo for life i am your boy Seth grimes and this has been the pro wrestling podcast podcast (laughs) We'll
2: <laughs>
5: hate juggalos I fucking hate them I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life I proudly identified as a juggalo you should come to the gathering with me Nah, man I'm not in all that whoop whoop shit anymore I'll pay for your ticket I got fired today get the fuck out still got room for me spikes slow the fuck down cops FUCK YOUR SLEEP! FUCK Fuck YOUR your SLEEP! FUCK YOUR (laughs) SLEEP! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? (sighs) Yep.
2: The gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo Underworld.